Hey, it's Big Joe for your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer, Absolute Comfort. Chris Wedekin is the owner, and he tells us why many homeowners are giving up their air conditioners for a high-efficiency heat pump. By removing your air conditioner and replacing it with a heat pump, you are not only saving by getting a higher-efficiency air conditioner, the heat pump works in reverse and saves you money in the wintertime as well. See if a heat pump is the right move for you by going to absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day with the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. The Hammer and Nigel show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here also joining us live in studio. The gun guy, Guy Relford, 2A attorney, host of the gun guy show, licensed firearms instructor. Guy, how are you? Man, I'm great. And thanks as always to our sponsor for Monday Gun Day. That's Premier Arms in Brownsburg with the largest selection of new, used, and historic firearms in the Midwest and PA Jewelers located right in the store. Check them out at 3754 South Green Street in Brownsburg or PremierArms.com. Well, we almost did it. We were almost able to escape NBA All-Star Weekend without anything, any major incidents taking place. We no, had a, yeah. a, a, an altercation that wound up in a mass shooting at a Waffle House on the, on the west side last night, which is just a, a damn shame. One person ends up dying. They do not have a shooter yet. And inevitably, just like in Kansas City after that shooting, uh, the argument goes from not the individual or the individuals involved, but the guns. Yeah. And I mean, why aren't we talking about what kind of criminal history these people had in the past? Exactly. Why don't we talk about how many times they've been in jail before? How, under what terms were they released? Uh, you know, what kind of uh, a plea agreement may have been reached in previous cases? All those kinds of issues, those to me are the first things that come into my mind. And, and oh no, um, everybody else wants to go immediately to trying to restrict the rights of law-abiding citizens. That's why um, I, it's really hard to, to think we'll ever have any kind of meeting of the minds on issues like gun control because we're just operating in, not only in different languages, it's like we're on different planets. And it's very similar to what we saw in Kansas City, that after last night's, or technically early this morning shooting, yeah. you see people tweeting, it's the guns, it's the guns. And we know what's going to happen. Inevitably, Boss Hogsett, Ryan Mears, they're going to put out statements calling it gun violence. We have a gun problem in Indianapolis. Guy, I spoke spoke to a lot of police officers this past weekend. I did a charity event. They all tell me nobody is afraid of the justice system in Marion County. That's it. Elections have consequences. This is what people voted for. I think if you're going to have a conversation about guns and gun safety, you need to have a serious conversation about politics where you live as well. That could not be more accurate, Jason. And it's frustrating to me um, because, because again, nobody wants to look at the root cause. Nobody wants to look at um, you know why this person was on the street, wh- how they were able to acquire their gun invariably illegally, right? And putting the people in jail who were involved in that transaction, everybody wants to say, oh, it's the guns in the sense that we can somehow pass another law. I mean, last time I checked, murder was illegal. But but now we're going right. to pass one more law, and all of a sudden that'll somehow restrict gun violence or limit gun violence, quote-unquote, that term they love to use. And we know it doesn't work that way for the very simple fact that criminals don't obey laws. The kind of person that would go to a Super Bowl parade or the kind of person that would go to a Waffle House and shoot just random shots, not giving a damn about anybody else, taking the lives of someone, 
They're not going to say, well, wait a minute, if this law gets passed, it's going to be harder for me to be a criminal. Like when you say this stuff out loud, it's laughable. It's laughable. And I always ask people how many different laws had to be violated uh, for this crime to occur, whatever crime we're talking about. And, And so what's the argument or what's the logic behind the argument that passing one more law is somehow going to prevent that particular crime? It never works that way. And that's why these jurisdictions that have a complete cornucopia, the complete wish list of gun control laws on the books. Obviously, Illinois, California, New Jersey, New York. Are they somehow free of, quote-unquote, gun violence? Of course not, and we know that. California has the most restrictive gun laws in the country, and they also had the the largest number of, quote-unquote, mass shootings in the country over the last 10 years. So, how do you get to more laws will somehow restrict this, quote-unquote, gun violence. So tell me if you agree with this statement. And this is something that I believe. And if you disagree, that's fine. We can have a conversation. The best way to get guns off the street, the way the mayor wants, the way the prosecutor wants, is to actually lock up violent repeat offenders. Yes. You lock up violent repeat offenders, you're going to see amazing drops in the numbers of crime in Indianapolis and other big cities like that. But until that happens, nothing's going to change. Well, and that's right. And that's because, um, you know, what we see year after year. I mean, Abdul does such a great job where he puts out his statistics. And year after year, he puts out a, a statistic at the end of the year talking about, you know, shootings. Let's just look at Marion County. And, and he talks about how 80 plus percent of not only the criminals who are arrested or are suspects in homicides in Marion County have previous violent felonies on their record. Which prevents them from having a firearm. Exactly. But also, 80-some percent of the victims often, uh, not a, a year to year, are, are, are also have previous felony convictions. So you look at, okay, and a lot of times these are beefs on the street, right? And it's bad guy shooting bad guy. But both these people are back on the street, the, the bad guy available to commit a crime, the victim available to be the victim of a crime. They're back on the street because we just crank them right out of the system and put them right back on the street. And listen, one thing that's important, because I defend gun cases, and so people can say, wait a minute, you're a criminal defense attorney. You're part of the process, yes, because I take those cases where I don't believe my, my my client ever committed a crime, and that's where they're getting caught up in this, well, let's be tough on gun violence. Well, we're going to separate the wheat from the chaff. We've got to identify the, we got to separate the guilty from the innocent, and that's where I always step in, because I'm just one guy. I can only take so many cases. I step in and take those cases where my client did not commit a crime, or he acted justifiably in using deadly force, and that's where those people need to be protected, because we can't paint with too broad of a brush when we're talking about these issues. And for example, in Kansas City, the mayor of Kansas City has come out now and is admonishing the governor there for referring to the shooters as thugs. Right. And that kind of thing happens. He said it's a dog whistle for racists. I can guarantee you, ladies and gentlemen, that if it were white supremacists, MAGA hat-wearing Trump supporters, we'd have their mugshots, we'd know their names, we'd know their families. But 
this has been swept under the rug. This has been the story that I have not heard anything about. Now, these kids, apparently, that did the shooting are juveniles. I say charge them as adults. They're going to have to charge them with murder and get their names and faces out there and throw the book at them. It's it's time to start throwing the book. I don't care if you're a juvenile. I don't care if you're 18. I don't care if you're 50. Throw the book at these people and let them know that it's not okay to do this. Well, that's exactly right. And, and look, I'll say this: if if somebody just hears that a particular defendant in any criminal case, uh, in this case, this mass shooting in Kansas City, if they just hear that they're black, right? They just hear that they're African American, and on that basis, start calling them thugs. Okay, I, I you should be criticized for that because you're jumping to a lot of conclusions there just based on their race. And I can see how somebody could have that described as racist. At the same time, if you release their criminal history, and we don't know that, we haven't heard any of that because they're they're not releasing it. Which tells but guy, you something. anybody that would open fire indiscriminately, I, I don't care what color you are, you're a thug, well, like they did. Yeah. I, I have no idea what color these guys are. Yeah. I don't know any color or white, but that's thug behavior that would happen at Waffle House. That, it's a behavioral term. I, it has nothing to do with the race. I see what you're saying. No, that's but the fair. mayor wants to make it a race issue um, when he should be concerned with the children that are in the hospital, the woman that died, and the uh, other people, the victims of the shooting. And, and I hear exactly what you're saying. For me to call someone a thug, I want to know something about their background, their criminal history. I, I, I can certainly say they committed a crime, but I want to know something about their criminal history. But I think the reason they're not releasing their criminal history is because that term's going to apply very nicely if I had to speculate and guess going into the future. So, but, 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 but I, I get the idea that, you know, everybody who commits a crime shouldn't be labeled in a particular way. Maybe that's my criminal defense attorney thought process coming out at the same time. Let's find out more about these people. And if the shoe fits, you know, these people have been arrested. They've been in trouble, you know, as juveniles, they've been in trouble as adults. Um, although I hear now they're two arrested are still juveniles. Uh, let's see what their criminal background is. And if the shoe fits, then, hey, they're going to have to bear it. Guy Relford in studio with us, 2A attorney and host of the Gun Guy show. Uh, Indiana General Assembly, we are now in the second half of all the action going on there. What is the updates on 2A-related bills? Well, it's pretty much all good news at this point. The two bills that I was excited to support and that I've testified already in the House of Representatives in their, in their conference, in their committee, hearings, I should say. Um, that's House Bill 1235 that would put an end to this ridiculous uh, lawsuit by the city of Gary against basically the entire gun industry, blaming the gun industry for Gary's level of crime as opposed to, oh, say, the gangs in Gary. It's always somebody else's fault. Yeah, it's always somebody else's fault. It doesn't matter fault. if it's Indy or Gary. It's always somebody else's fault. Exactly. And, and we have an immunity <sighs> statute in Indiana that says, listen, if you lawfully uh, manufacture and sell a gun or just sell a gun as a retailer, you're not responsible if somebody takes that gun and goes and uses it in a criminal act, you know, much like we were just talking about. And that that should apply, um, but for whatever reason, this thing has endured, and the legislature through 1235 is looking to say, listen, these kind of lawsuits just can't be maintained by a local government like the city of Gary, period, across the board. Only the state can bring such a lawsuit. Um, 
to to go after the gun industry. And obviously here in Indiana, that's not going to happen. So it would require the dismissal of that case, and and it needs to because this is a big deal. Um, there, they, um, for instance, there are a lot of of gun manufacturers, for instance, that have packed up and left states like Connecticut and New York, Remington, Remington out of New York, exactly, yeah, and and have moved to friendlier confines, um, you know, in other states. But we haven't gotten any of them here in Indiana, and in part, it's because of this pending lawsuit going. Oh well, if we live in Indiana, we could get sued by cities like Indy or Gary or whatever because this case is still enduring here in Indiana. So it actually could have an economic impact and has that this case is still pending. But then separately, and I'm excited about this. House Bill 1084, and both these have passed the House. They've now been assigned to a committee in the Senate, and 1084 would prohibit the use of these credit card codes that you guys and I have talked about before, where the International Organization for Standardization has come out and, at the request of gun control proponents and liberal politicians in Washington. They've come out and said, well, we're going to create this new credit card code so that your bank or your credit card company or your credit card processor can see that you're trying to use your credit or your debit card at a gun store. And even if you're buying they don't. They don't. Doesn't identify what you're buying. So you could be buying a safe. You could be buying gun lessons at the gun store, like at Indy Arms, where I teach my classes, or, or, or you know, or you could be buying whatever. They say, oh, purchase at gun store. It gives them the opportunity to say denied. And we've seen prejudice. Uh, we've seen discrimination by banks, financial, in, uh, the financial industry across the board against the gun industry. This kind of a coding system facilitates that. 1084 would make that illegal in Indiana, and that's what we're looking to do. But these are set for hearing. 1084 is set. Uh, for a hearing on Wednesday at 10 o'clock in room 130 in the State House, and 1235 is set tomorrow at 830 in the morning, and we need our pro 2A folks. Man, if you remember the 2A project, you're just uh, a person who cares about Second Amendment rights in Indiana. We'd love to see you there to support these. Uh, they're both in room 130, 830 tomorrow and 10 o'clock on Wednesday. If somebody's in their car right now and they might not be able to remember that, if they follow you on social media, can you put that out there? I will absolutely put that out there, but the easiest thing to do is just go to the 2A project Project.com. It's the number two, the two way project.com. I wrote an article on this. I got, I've got where the committee he, uh, hearings are, what room numbers they're in, um, what the bills involved. Just go to the two way project.com, scroll down to articles. It's the first one listed. That'll take care of you. Guy Relford, find him on social media. A great follow at Guy Relford. Guy, thank you so much. Thank you, guys.